following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Well, the show is Inside Twins, and it's our final Inside Twins of the year with Derek Falvey, so we're very excited to have Derek with us here today. Inside Twins is brought to you by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. And it's a perfect day to have Derek Falvey with us here on Inside Twins because so much going on and so much to talk about. And let's start with a very simple congratulations. Uh, Anytime you play for a berth in the postseason, no matter how big the playoff field, no matter how short the season, it is to be celebrated and enjoyed. So first and foremost, Derek, congratulations on getting this bunch to the postseason. Well, thanks, Chris. I, I, I agree with you right there. I mean, there's there's nothing in this game you can really take for granted. And I think that despite the, the shortened season and the uniqueness of all this that we've talked about at length, uh, I, I, I would say that when our guys stepped on the field, they were competing to try and get themselves to the postseason and, uh, and give ourselves a chance to go win it all. And I think that that's what we're most proud of, had a chance to get, get there last year and, and a couple of years ago, and then ultimately to get back again. And it's a lot of proud moments last night for a lot of people across the organization. So I'm, I'm happy for everybody and all the fans in Twins territory that get to watch, uh, that get to watch playoff baseball yet again. That being said, I know this is only the first step, that you guys are certainly far from satisfied just to have qualified. There's still a week to go and a lot to be decided about where you'll play, who you'll play, all of those things. How important would it be for this club, who's been so good at target field, to get to play the first round at home? Yeah, every team wants to go into the playoffs playing at home, you know, at the end of the day. And and typically in normal circumstances, obviously, that's around fans and and the environment they get at home. But I think there are some comforts of being in your own your own building and your own space. So our guys would certainly want that. Now, that said, if it doesn't work out, we're, not, we're on the road ultimately to start. I don't think it changes anything around our preparation. Our guys are going to go in no matter who we face, no matter who we play, no matter where we are, knowing that if we win that round, that series, uh, we're going to be on the road for the rest of it. So I think uh, our guys need to get ready for that uh, as we go. And, and right now, just try and get ourselves prepared play good baseball over the last week of the season and try and stay healthy and ready going into to next week. You know, I've gotten a lot of questions, Derek, through the year about why there is a home field advantage with no fans. And the best thesis or uh, you know idea that I can come up with is that at home during the regular season, you can walk your dog, you could see your family, you could move about, whereas on the road, honestly, the players and, and staff alike have said it's more like you're just kind of staring at the wall. Now everybody's staring at the wall home and away as you guys will head into the bubble on Tuesday. So do you think some of those advantages of being in your own bed, of being able to, you know, to go out and uh, just take the mail out of your mailbox, will those go away in the postseason? Well, they will because of the bubble for sure. And uh, I think if we're on the road, I hope you're right. If, if we're home, I hope, I hope it continues <laughs> to be what we've been able to experience so far. But no, I agree with you, though. A big picture, I do think that, uh, players when they're home right now are in a little bit more of a normal environment. They're certainly not going to restaurants or around other people, but they can be in their apartment or at home in a way that they in, that is comfortable. Right now on the road, it's tough. You know, you are 
you have to stay inside. You don't really go anywhere. You just go to the ballpark. And um, while no one's feeling sorry for anybody, for sure, we're all we're all we're all having to navigate this together. I do think it it changes the whole dynamic around the the comfort of going in and playing a game on the road, for sure. Very impressive to get into the postseason. Another thing that's impressive to me is we're on the brink of actually getting sixty games played. And if you had told me that the Twins would get their sixty in without much of a hitch way back when we started, I would have said, really? I don't know. I don't know if that would have been something I saw as a high likelihood looking at this season and as crazy and as many sacrifices have had to be made and nimbleness along the way uh, when you look back at the ability to just get 60 games played for most of the teams around the league what's the right word is it surprised relieved proud some combination of all the above yeah, combinations probably the right way to phrase it but I would say the most prevalent I guess feelings I have are um, are, are proud of what everyone has done to try and pull it off. You know, from from our players taking it very seriously to being vigilant to setting up our ballpark to managing you know the potential for spread. I think we've done everything we possibly can uh, to limit the the possibility that COVID uh, hits and spreads within our environment. Certainly, some teams have had that happen. Uh, some teams have had individual players come in contact with it. We still could. We recognize that. But our guys have really done everything they can. Uh, to try and put themselves in a position to stay on the field. So I'm, I'm really proud of everyone and the effort they've put in to, to pull together to get that done. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty of, of who those players might potentially be. You have been tasked with putting together your playoff roster. I think you submitted uh, today. There's certainly some tweaks that can happen. This has been a season where nobody seems to know what the rules are, and the rules seem to be changing an awful lot. What is the uh, the best you can explain to us as to how playoff rosters work in terms of players round to round, how many will be with you and what your group will look like. Yeah, Chris, I've, I've prided myself during the course of my career, especially in my baseball operations roles in my past was really knowing the rules inside out to make sure I was a couple of steps ahead of what transaction dates are. Uh, that went completely out the window this year because I didn't have any <laughs> idea what the rules were historically, or they didn't apply anymore. There were so many unique ones, and and certainly this is another one of those that we have 40 players uh, that will join us for the duration of the postseason, starting the the day the postseason ends. Uh, as you said, as, as you mentioned, if we we have 40 right now on the list, but should we have injuries or something else occur, we may be able to replace somebody. So uh, we'll have 40 that will carry them the whole way. It will be a 28-man roster, just like it is right now for the duration of the playoffs. So we'll have the same roster we've been working with now for a good chunk of the season uh, as we go through each round. We'll play that first wild card round, which is the best of three, on to a best of five and best of seven. The the unique aspect of it this year is no off days uh, during those those stretches. So you won't have the normal game on day off game on uh, ability to maybe rest your pitching and utilize your bullpen as aggressively as you have. So strategy will play a significant role and, and we're, we're setting up our 40 man roster to, to make sure that we're set up well for the playoffs for that run. Yeah. And depth certainly is going to be a factor now in terms of an instance, like a guy like Jake Odorizzi. Okay. It's a best of three in the first round. He's currently on the IL. He can come off on the last weekend and you don't know if he's going to be able to throw what that blister is going to look like, but he'd be an invaluable piece in round two if you were to get to that best of five. Is that one where you have to take a flyer and stuff him on your 40-man today, or because he's on IL, can you wait and make a move like that later? 
So, so Jake is somebody who would have to go on the initial round because we know of his injury at present. So uh, there is a bit of a difference if an injury were to happen, say, in tonight's game or the next couple of days that we weren't anticipating. That would, uh, that would require a conversation with Major League Baseball potentially to replace a player. We hope we don't have to run into that. But uh, anyone who we have knowledge of you know, medically right now uh, and we put them on, that's, we, we are taking on that risk. But Jake is somebody who we waited a day after he got that blister just to see how, how he, he could handle and how he could uh, recover. We realized after that day it was going to be a few more days before he could pick up a baseball and start throwing again. So we just wanted to make sure when we put him on the IL, we knew we had time for, until the end of the season uh, where he could become active the last day or into a playoff series. So Jake's a veteran guy. He knows what he's doing. He knows his body. You know, he's been throwing really well uh, in the absence of this blister. So we're hopeful that he's ready to go come playoff time and, and could slot in for us uh, as early as the first or second round. Exactly. When you look at the depth guys, and, and let's say you bring over some folks uh, to fill out that that forty man, they now no longer have the ability to work out as extensively as they have been doing in St. Paul. They'd be limited, I would guess, then uh, to pregame work with the regular club since they have to be in the bubble. So, does that limit in some way their ability to to stay sharp? And is that a new challenge for your group? It, it is a new challenge for sure. And and the way we're looking at it is, we will very likely because we're allowed to. Uh, very likely have uh, workouts that are separate from our regular major league team workouts for that group. So maybe earlier in the day, much like we have over at CHS field in St. Paul, uh, just have a workout here at target field uh, and get some of those guys stretched out. Because as you mentioned, we may have starting pitchers in that group or everyday position players that we want to try and get at least four or five, six innings out of regular work. And uh, as we keep them sharp, so our, it's our expectation as part of the additionally to the, to the 40 man roster uh, that we'll bring into the bubble we have 50 additional staff members, so that will that will expand the group a bit. We'll bring over some of our staff from from the secondary site to, to be with us during the playoffs, and we'll try and run essentially two two teams of sorts while we're we're still inside this bubble to keep everyone as prepared and as ready as possible should they need to step in. Derek, if you were to add somebody like a a, a Larnick or a Kirilov or a Royce Lewis type to that 40 man group to the taxi squad, what does that mean for their clock? Uh, Does that impact at all service time if they're active traveling with you but not necessarily on the 28? So there's nobody uh, who gets brought over into the secondary group uh, that isn't active on the roster that is treated any differently than they are if they're in the the minor leagues ultimately. So uh, no one's uh, gaining active major league service. No one's on a major league contract at that point. So they're essentially under their minor league terms and agreement as if they were continuing in the minor league season. So uh, the only way a player gets major league pay or services being active on the major league roster. And ultimately uh, if we call up any player from our quote unquote secondary site, which will now be within the bubble, uh, that would be like calling a player up just from AAA during the course of a year. Do they have to be on the 40 man to be in the bubble? They do not. Uh, they do not. That's one of the other benefits. It's really much like you would think of your AAA club. You okay. can select a player from off the 40 man roster or with, from within uh, they're just instead of being f- further away from you, they're they travel along right alongside you in a taxi squad setup. I'm imagining you like Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind with like the whiteboard and all the different like figures up there spinning around your head as you try to put all of these different uh, pieces of the puzzle together. He is Derek Falvey. The show is Inside Twins. We'll come back and talk a lot a whole lot more when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. We're back with more on Inside Twins. Derek Falvey is our guest. It's brought to you by Quick Trip for all your grocery essentials plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried 
Fried Chicken Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Derek, there have been numerous challenges throughout the course of this season. One of those, I think, has not even yet to begin, and that is how do you evaluate this year moving forward, whether it's an MLB player, whether it's deciding who you have to protect in the Rule 5 draft, how does it affect your statistical modeling because it has been so unique? Are these problems that you have begun to uh, try to figure out how to wrap your arms around, or is that going to wait till after the postseason? You know, it's, a, it's an excellent question uh, that I don't think we all have a perfect answer to. I, I think that uh, we've never experienced something like this. You know, a number of players that have not played throughout a minor league season, have not played games outside of a major league environment uh, for a whole year. Uh, there's just no way for us to know uh, how that will play out uh, going forward ultimately. And so uh, I would say that we're spending a lot of time dissecting our own roster, thinking very deeply about the ways in which we can uh, navigate our, our current you know, roster, our off-season roster, our Rule 5 planning and otherwise. And as soon as the season ends, whenever that is, hopefully a, a few days after a World Series, uh, we're going to have a chance to really digest a lot of those decisions and, and see where it goes going forward. Yeah, and that is going to be a challenge every team faces. Do you look at you know Max Kepler, the player you've known for several years, or do you look at him over 60 games where there was an injury in the middle of it? I mean, those are those are two very different uh, bits of data that you will be examining to try to figure out how to weigh. There's no, there's no doubt that everybody has experienced a, a challenge this year. You know, some level of adversity, and and some have persisted through and put themselves in a great spot. Some have dealt with injury. Uh, some have really just struggled with the environment. And I think we know a lot of that about our internal people and players. But that's true across the game. So we're going to have to dissect each of those pieces to this. And, and the more we, give, we dive into it, the more we'll feel comfortable with the decisions we make. But anytime you're just evaluating a 50-60 game sample, sometimes fewer games for players who were injured, as you said, uh, we try not to overreact. We just want to dig in and, and understand who we think the player is going to be going forward. And it'll take a lot of work, but I'm, I'm, I know our group will find a good way to get there. As crazy as this year has been, it's only fitting that on the day you clinch a spot in the playoffs, most of the headlines are about your third baseman referring to the umpiring crew as uh, lazy and not caring yesterday in a Zoom meeting with reporters. Josh, of course, had gotten thrown out, and that incident has uh, been talked through about a billion different ways. Now, for everybody who's a fan who thinks it was petulant or selfish to get thrown out in a big game, you can find somebody who loves the fire and the passion and says the umpires deserved it. None of those opinions matter. A fan or broadcasters, but inside the organization, opinions do matter on how things went down and why they went down and whether you can expect them to go down again. So being as it is your group, what what is your take on the situation and and do you foresee that this is just Josh being Josh and it, and it gets blown away or is this something that needs to be discussed? You know, I, I think and these players are highly competitive and in environments and they there, there are challenging moments. I think this year more, more than most, you know, we've talked before about the lack of crowd noise and maybe hearing a little more from dugout to dugout or player to player. Uh, and, and we're getting toward the back end of a highly competitive season for us. And, and certainly that moment the other day and, and Josh's situation on the field uh, was something that I know Rocco had a conversation with him. You know, we just wanted to make sure that we, uh, we talked about and addressed internally, and we'll keep all those conversations always internal. But I know Josh wants to win. I know he's competitive. I know that when he gets on the field, all he wants to do is win a baseball game, and we've got to find a way to continue to, to keep him out there, right? Those are, those are big moments, and he knows that and deep down and, and certainly has talked to, I'm sure, his teammates and, and, and Rocco about that some. So I think we're moving forward. We're focusing on what, what happens going in the next 
and the next games ahead. But Josh is a big part of what we're going to do. He's got to he's got to stay on the field and continue to help us contribute on the field, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing him do. Yeah. Do you expect any ramifications for his comments about the umpiring crew? You know, I, I don't know for sure. I know that the league reviews all of those matters. Uh, they go through it uh, with their with their key people, uh, and ultimately will make some decisions and, and let us know. We've we've obviously dealt earlier with with some discipline that was handed down for Sergio Romo. Uh, we usually get a, a quick heads up on that before it's announced. So uh, I'm 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 not sure where that is with the league, but we'll await and see what comes from that. As far as some of the other on-field stuff, getting Mitch Garver back, that intercostal can be such a difficult injury. And to his credit, not only is he back, he's been able to catch, he's been able to swing. How big a deal do you think it was for him last night to get to come up, to be entrusted by Rocco to pinch hit in a big spot, bases loaded, and come through with that hit? That had to feel like an 800-pound gorilla came off his shoulders. Oh, there's no doubt. I think Mitch uh, earlier in the year was struggling a bit when he first got started. I think, uh, and he'd be the first to mention that, you know, it was a shorter spring training or, or summer camp, just wasn't quite where he probably wanted to be with his swing. And uh, you get a, you get a few weeks of bad at-bats up there, and the, and the numbers don't look good on the board. So he knows that. Uh, but once he, he hurt the intercostal, went down, spent some time getting back in rehab, he said right before he came back to us and before we activated him that, he was feeling great, and his swing felt as good as it did last year. So to, for him to come up in a big spot like that, drive in some runs, uh, give us a, a boost, I think it's something that w- we'll only benefit from. And I think in Mitch Garver, Ryan Jeffers, and Alex Avila, that's a trio that a lot of, a lot of clubs would go to battle with. And I'm, I'm proud of that group. I'm excited about what we have behind the plate, and that'll be a big part of our, our, our success hopefully this year in the fall and the, and the postseason. And the fact that it's a 28-man roster makes it a lot easier to say, yeah, we're going to have three catchers, especially when you have three who provide very different skill sets, I would think. Definitely. And I, I think as we figure out our 28-man and, and who's ultimately going to slot in and what that looks like, you know, the, the flexibility that we potentially could be afforded, particularly in a three-game series where we know we're not going to have a, a traditional five-game look uh, to our roster, you know, we may have the ability to do what you just said, pinch hit, match up, you know, pinch run, give ourselves a chance. I think last night we saw a little bit of the benefit of that. We saw all those guys find a way into that game and help us. So uh, if we have that going forward, that's a, that's a great outcome because we don't give away – any quality when we bring any of those guys into the game. They all bring everyday skill sets to uh, to our roster. We almost tricked you into saying that you were going to have three on the roster. Almost. You caught yourself, though. You're too, you're too veteran. <laughs> it's very close. We have... I don't know about that. <laughs> we just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> We've got one final segment to figure out with Derek Falvey. The show is Inside Twins, and we're back in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back. It's our final segment of Inside Twins. Derek Falvey is going to be uh, set in front of the wolves of the media today to answer a bunch of these similar questions after we turn him loose. Uh, so we will wrap up shortly. Inside Twins is brought to you by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Derek, I want to start this segment by talking about guys who may not be in the bubble uh, and won't have anything to do on the field and directly with what happens in the postseason, but I feel have done a phenomenal job this year. And that is the the job of the folks over in St. Paul. You know, I talk to Alex every week. We're going to hear from him on our pregame lineup card again here today. The very difficult task of figuring out how to keep a lot of kids who've never been in the big leagues ready to potentially debut in the most unique of all situations, and then the job those kids have done coming over, uh, I think everybody over at CHS Field uh, really has been remarkable. Uh, There's no doubt, and I would would echo your comments. I think that 
every person who's been over there from all of our coordinators who've come through to Kevin Morgan and, and Toby Gardenhire, JP Martinez, all those who've been running kind of the day to day alongside Alex Hassan, our, our, our director of player development. You know, that, that group has had to go through an environment that no one had ever anticipated, at least here on the major league side, we're playing games. You know, there aren't, uh, there aren't fans in the stands. It's a different environment for sure. But these guys had to set up inter-squads and keep players ready in an environment that is not at all typical uh, through the course of a season. And as you said, every player has been prepared. Every player has been physically and mentally prepared to come over. And I, that's a credit to each one of those people that's been over on the other side. And uh, I'm really proud of the work that they've put in this year. Yeah, whether it's injured veterans or whether it's guys like Brent Rooker, uh, everybody has just jumped right on in and gotten things done. One week to go here, Derek. You guys are going to be more than busy. You're going to get bubbled up here on Tuesday with the rest of this group. Uh, what are your expectations in terms of how this next week looks? Not wins and losses, obviously, but just in terms of what you want to see accomplished before game one, first pitch of the playoffs. Well, I think first and foremost, you want everyone to be healthy. You want everyone to, to get through the week and put, you know, we've had some guys a little banged up as we've already talked about on this, on this show. I want everyone to try and get themselves to position because I think that when we're healthy, when we're our best selves as a group, you know, getting Luis Arias, getting others, you know, back in the mix, uh, we feel we can compete with anyone out there. And uh, it doesn't mean you're going to win every game. It just means you're going to put yourself in the best position uh, to win those games. And I, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to some competitive games uh, all the way through. Uh, all the way through the end, playing a Reds team that's that's really good and, and charging toward the playoffs themselves. So hopefully we can tune ourselves up as we get in and, and head for the playoffs. Very well said. Derek, we appreciate your time, your insight, your candidness every single week. Again, congratulations on shepherding this team to the postseason and uh, even better things ahead for this group. We really appreciate you joining us here on Inside Twins. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. The show is Inside Twins. Stick around. Pre-game lineup card is next, and then it's the Twins and the Cubs. It's all coming up right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.